welcome back to Split Decision. We've got another exciting week for episode 20. We're going to preview UFC's Sao Paulo. We'll draft our top five landmarks. Then we'll preview our favorite football matchups across college and the NFL. And finally, we're going to get into Stakes and Takes, which is our betting segment where we'll give you our best advice for all this week's matchups. But before we get into all of that, don't forget to head to splitdecisionpod.com where you'll find all of our episodes, our merch, and more. Again, that is splitdecisionpod.com. All right, let's go. All right, so after a week of no UFC card, we're finally back this week. The UFC goes on the road again. It's not a pay-per-view event. It's a fight night. It's UFC Sao Paulo in Brazil. So they really uh, packed this car full of Brazilian fighters, especially Brazilian male fighters. Do you think we're going to have – that threw me off for a second when you said Brazilian male fighters. I was like, wait. But then I realized there are a few female divisions. Um, do you think we're going to have a setup kind of like last week where it was like a mostly Muslim winner card? I mean, you went – or not last week, two weeks ago. I think it could be similar to that, but I don't think, um, not that Brazil's, a, it's more, it's not, you're not going halfway around the world. You're like still the same time zone. So I don't think your times is messed up. So I don't know if the, the home field will matter as much as it does. Going it's not so down. drastic maybe. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, the first fight, we're going to cover the whole main card. And the first fight of the main card is Israel Bonfim, one of the Bonfim brothers taking on Vince uh, how do you say his name? Pitchell? Pitchell? Vince Pichel. Vince Pichel from hell. So it's the Brazilian and Bonfim, the 27-year-old, taking on the 40-year-old Pichel, the American. Bonfim, 19-4. and Pichel, 14-3. and How do you see this fight going? Look, Bonfim lost to Benoit Saint-Denis his last time out. He lost by submission. Only in his second UFC fight. Right. I think... Not a not a fluke by Bonfim. He, he faced a real deal. Killer. Right, exactly. In the lightweight division, Benoit Saint Denis is on the significant uptick. Pichel lost to Matt, Mark Madsen last out by decision. Bonfim's one and one in the UFC. He's beaten Terence McKinney, and like I said, he lost to Benoit Saint Denis. Still new to the UFC, and in his entire career, he's only lost by submission. Would one thing I found. He's only lost by submission, as you said, and Pichel has never like, won submitted. a fight. He's never won a fight by submission. Right, so I think that's kind of what the UFC is trying to do here. Not give us a matchup to say that uh, Pichel can't win or anything, which I don't think he will win. I think— They're trying to build Bonfim. Right, I think a it's a, it's a, it's a smoke up the ass, you know, blowing the smoke for Bonfim to rock, get him up in the cars, get him a few wins under his belt so he can, you know, but have Pichel's the, not an easy, he's seven and three in the UFC and he's been in there since 2012. So it's not going to be, it's a good favorable matchup, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. I don't think he's going to like, Pichel's a talented guy, right? Pichel's got eight career KOs, six, six career decision wins. He's only lost three times. Like you said, once by KO, once by submission, once by decision, seven UFC wins. He's I think since 2012, he just doesn't fight a lot. He fights about one per year, it seems. Right. I think in order for Pichel to win, he needs to control. Because typically, I mean, it's kind of weird to say it like this. When he has heavy control in a fight, he does win. So he needs to find a way to control early and often. But honestly, I think this, I think this fight sets up for Bonfim to get the win. Right. I, I was going to, I agree there. I think Bonfim is set up to get the win, win here. 
And he had 13 straight wins before that last fight. So it is going to be interesting to see how he bounces back. But I think he bounces back with the win. It's a and it's a it's a type of loss he's bounced back from before. Like we said, he only has lost by submission four times. So it's nothing. I don't want to say he's used to losing like that. He's going to come in pretty confident knowing this guy's not going to submit him though. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't have to worry about that whole angle of the game is submission. Now Pichel can take you down. He does have a high take takedown rate. But he doesn't go for submissions. It's takedown, ground and pound, and control. Kind of hold you down. Right. He likes to do that ground and pound damage, but I still think Bonfim's going to win. So I think we agree on that one. Yep. Uh, moving on, the next fight we're going to cover is Rodolfo the Black Belt Hunter Vieira. That's actually a sick nickname. It is, especially when if you do like he does. Guy. He has one KO victory, eight submission victories, nine and two in his career, only losing once by submission and once by decision. He's facing Armin Superman Petrosian, nine and two in his career as well. I thought I wrote that wrong. Had no, me, they both. And one me. interesting thing, Petrosian has never been submi- submitted before. Yeah, this is that kind of the another switch. Another clash of styles. Right, another switch kind of shows you what the UFC is trying to go for. They're trying to get exciting fights out there for USC Sao Paulo. Petrosian was on one of the first cards we covered. I'm pretty sure when he fought. Uh, CLD. He is. Leroy he, Duncan. Right. He was. Um, I think Rodolfo Vieira is a very high-level jiu-jitsu person. He knows his way around the canvas. He's known for his submissions, winning eight times. He's 4-2 and two in the UFC, only losing those two times in the UFC. For his, He's alternated know. his last... He keeps win-loss, win win-loss. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. He lost to Chris, Chris Curtis and Anthony Hernandez. But his last one was a win, so if he continues that streak... Looking towards a loss, but who says he continues the streak? Well, I do. Uh, I agree as well. But there we go. You got two experts here. Uh, Petrosian is 3-1 and one in the UFC. All decisions to point out. He lost uh, that one fight to Cao Siao. I don't know how to say his first name. Baraljo. He's going to be fighting on this card. Uh, Petrosian is a the very powerful fight. striker. I think he needs a good stoppage here. I think the UFC is kind of setting him up for... You know, a good knockout win by somebody who's going to be going for submissions and going for that ground attack, or at least getting you on the ground to you know aim for a submission. I think Petrosian striking is going to be what's going to earn him the victory here. I think we're going to see a knockout. Yeah, I think Petrosian gets it done too. Um, kind of for all the reasons you said. I think uh, he's not a guy that gets submitted a lot. He's taking on a submission guy, I and we've seen him fight. Like you said, we covered his fights before, so. You know, it's one of those things like he's won by decision with us. We've seen him be able to KO somebody. He just hasn't done it. I think he's due. So the next fight includes one of the guys you actually just mentioned, Baralho. The natural. The natural. Taking on Abbas Magomedov. Last time we saw Magomedov, Sean Strickland was uh, TKOing him in the second round. I don't want to take anything away from Magomedov now. Yeah, because now that's not a bad loss after the way... Right in the moment, Sean just beat. In the Izzy. moment, it wasn't even a terrible loss because exactly. Sean Strickland, you know, is one of those fighters. He's scrappy. He could do anything at any time. But he, then he just ascended. But now he has the belt, so it's like, all right, Abbas, they're giving you another shot against Baraljo. He's perfect four and zero in the UFC. Four, 14 and one overall too. So he's a guy that, that wins, eleven right. straight wins. I think he's also never been finished. I think with the Magomedov coming off the KO loss to Strickland, I think he's going to be aiming to go back to what he's used to. 
Magomedov has 14 KOs, six subs, and five decisions. He's one and one in the UFC, and his only win was at like it was before the Sean Strickland. It was like 19 seconds. Right. Like, as you said, he knocks people out. I think we're going to see an electric fight here. I actually think Abbas Magomedov is going to win. I think he's going to rebound with that camp, not fighting last week in his home turf, or two weeks ago, sorry, UFC 294, not being able to fight there. I think he's trying to kind of earn his keep. He's only, like you said, one and one in the UFC. Cal doesn't fight all the time. Barajo does not fight all the time. He's 4-0 and since what 2019 but he's perfect in the uh, perfect in his career since 2015 he doesn't fight that often but he he picks good matchups for himself but i still think magomedov's gonna win what do you think see i think this is the first one we disagree on i think barajo moves to five and oh i think he comes in um i think he's just a winner he just figures out a way to get it done i think it's probably going to be by decision but i think you're right it's going to be a very very exciting fight so next we're talking Yogi Bear. You know Yogi Bear? Yogi Bear. Nasamito? No, no, no. I'm talking about the cartoon character. I do. Okay. So we're not talking about him, actually. It's R- Rodrigo Nascimento. Nascimento. Yeah, sorry. The Brazilian. Another Brazilian on the card. Of course. Well, then he's going against Dante Lord Kong Maze. This is a rematch. I know. I saw that. I, it's a rematch, rematch that doesn't really... I'm not it sure It doesn't ring they, a bell. Doesn't it must it, it doesn't make sense? Like, why are they rematching? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Nasimento won the first time by rear naked choke. They've had very similar careers since then. Maze has gone three and one and one since then. Uh, Nasimento has gone two one and one since then. So maybe that that matchup's kind of set up to see who's who's getting the rise in the UFC and who's I don't know. But Nasimento he lost the next fight, but then won two in a row. So I mean, he's been yeah. So. I don't know. We it's a confusing matchup. Maybe this was just the the next one in the lineup for the heavyweight because neither one's like in a place of contention or like top fifteen anything like that. I don't know. Maze is a better striker. Nascimento has a better ground game. It's kind of apparent by their records. Uh, Nascimento has six sub wins, while well where Maze has six KO wins. So another clash of styles in the heavyweight division. I, I don't know. What what do you think's like the big, you know, thing, like the key factor here? I think it's going to kind of go the same way as the last one, honestly. I think it's going to be Nasimito on the ground. I don't know if he gets the sub again, but I think he figures out a way, gets him on the ground, sub attempts. You have control. to see that, like, number one that gives confidence to Nasimento. I think third straight win for Nasimento and third straight decision win. Okay. Well, you heard that here first. Next, Gabriel, the older brother, to Ishmael Bonfim. Yeah, the second and probably, uh, I don't want to say more talented, but he is he's actually talented. the younger brother, by the way. He's, oh, he's the younger brother? He's 26. The other, uh, Ishmael is uh, 27. So the, uh, the younger, bigger brother. There we go. Uh, he's facing Nicholas Danish Dynamite Dalby. Uh, both are pretty pretty good in their careers. This is going to be a good fight. Bonfim, I really think 15 so. 15-0 and undefeated, 2-0 in the UFC. And they're not really giving him an easy guy to fight. Nicholas Dalby, never been finished uh, in the UFC. He's won three straight, 5-1-1 one one in the UFC. So, I mean, he's a guy that wins. 
He knows how to win at the uh, now at the top le- not the top level, but like UFC top level. The problem for me with Dolby on this one is is really what you just said. He's five one and one in the UFC. It's great that he has the wins, but he has five decision wins. That's, I don't think decision wins are bad. Like it's not a bad it's a thing. thing. It's a bad thing when you're facing somebody like Gabriel Bonfim, who has 15 and 0 in his career, three KOs and 12 subs. He doesn't go to decision. But Dalby doesn't get submitted either. So, you're right. Yeah, he's never lost by anything other than decision. Yeah, so I think like this is going to be a testament a place. to Gabriel Bonfim. I think Bonfim is going to come out, and he's going to show that. The hands matter, and the ground game matters. And I, honestly, I think this is going to be a situation where Nicholas Dalby has to be absolutely perfect to win the fight. If he makes no, one, I think this is going to be a very, one mistake, it's done. I think it's a very, very close fight. I actually think I think Bonfim wins. I as well. But I think it's going to be his first decision win. So he's going to go 16-0, 13 KOs, 12 subs, and one decision Yeah, victory. I think it's going to be a close decision victory over Dolby. Dolby's going to not teach him a lesson, but he's a vet, and he's going to give him kind he of also, teach him a lesson, but lose. Uh, Ismail and Gabriel debuted uh, January 21st together, and they're, this is the second card they're both fighting on. Yeah, they both, both fought in up. July. They just didn't fight on the same card in, in July. So pretty cool that they're able to fight together pretty often. So that was the co-main Let's move on to the main event. Maybe the most exciting fight to uh, Almeida. How do you say his first name? Jalton? J- I listened to Daniel Cor- DC Daniel Cormier say it today. Uh, Jailton. Jailton Almeida. Mahadino. Mahadino versus the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. His balls are hot. It's a guy that career ascending, possible future champ. He's, people have been talking about for a while, taking on Derek Lewis, who... He had a great fight, his last fight, but before that, his career, had, it seems like he's hit his absolute peak. Yeah, so he dropped guys, like three in a row before. Three in a row. Two guys, way different positions in their career. Almeida, 5-0 and in the UFC. All, all of them finishes, too. Right. Almeida's five wins, wins, five finishes. 14 straight wins. Future champ. He can do it on the ground. He can do it with his hands. And he's taking on the guy with the most... Knockouts in heavyweight history, I believe. 22 knockouts in his career. It's I mean, crazy. he's a... And in the last fight, he showed something different with a flying knee. Re- to Rogera DeLima, it was DeLima. nuts. Did you see DeLima's quote? That his teeth it were loose? It was like two days later. He was like, I, my I life eat. is horrible right now. My teeth are loose. I can't eat. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, look, another fight. This is a weird one. So I did some looking. Jailton comes in light in the heavyweight division. He does. He people comes in th- like 240. <laughs> On the scales, like 235, move. 240. So he, yeah. wa- he walks in probably that in the cage. Like he's not cutting weight. But he's also an absolute like, monster. He, his body composition is different than most heavyweights too. He's, right. He's, he's built. He's built he's like. all muscle. Yeah. He's built like Nganu. It's crazy. Um, this is an impressive fight for me. It's it's tough. Almeida, like you said, won five out of five, five finishes in the UFC. Uh, he recently, his most recent fight, I should say, he submitted Rosenstruck. He's been back in heavyweight since last year in 2022. We have Derek Lewis on his first fight in an eight-fight UFC deal. So 
they're not giving him an easy road. They're making it hard on him, but they're keeping him around, so we're all happy about that. He just KO'd Marcos Rogeros de Lima with that flying knee me and you just talked about. And he was, honestly, he had a six-pack. He was in the best shape we've ever seen Derek Lewis in. If anybody... Almeida always has a six-pack. Almeida's had a six-pack since he was in third grade, I'm sure. He's also had a full beard since then. But what I'm saying is if Derek Lewis can translate that 30-pound weight difference into a victory here, I think with his recent achievements on the scale being in the best shape of his life, arguably, he has the power to get it done against Almeida. I don't know if that happens, but that's what I'm going to bank on. I think Derek Lewis wins this fight. Another one we disagree on. I think Almeida at home, I think it's going to be an exciting fight in terms of it's going to end quickly. I don't think Almeida's knocking him out. It doesn't matter. Almeida can sub him. I don't think that's happening. I think it is. So you're going to say Almeida by submission? No, I'm saying Almeida by finish very early. First round. Oh, God. All right. All right, so for top five this week, we're going to do our top five landmarks slash monuments slash natural wonders. That's a lot to put on a graphic, homie. I'm going to just write landmarks, but once you see the list, you'll kind of get it. Yeah, I mean, all those things kind of are, are all lumped in together. Uh, and I think you had the first pick this week. Dude, this is a hard one. There's a lot of good picks on this. I'd almost, I'm almost glad I have two and three rather than one on this one. Yeah. Because there's like five or six like one elite, one picks. Elite level. Shrouded in mystery is my number one. Not the not the words shrouded in mystery. Like, oh, I might get all three of mine. <laughs> I might get a perfect top five. No. Um Man, the, I was listening to Joe Rogan, Graham Hancock, and they were talking about the uh, the Great Pyramids. So, I'm going to go with that. I Shrouded in mystery. The Great Pyramids. We don't know how they were built. Now, there's a lot of questions, a lot of mystery involved. I got to go with the pyramids. Everybody knows about them. Very distinct. This is how one of the first things you learn about. It, it's crazy and they're really cool also a bucket list item you know what i want to go see the pyramids it's not a bad pick that was gonna be my one one i'll be honest uh but you saying graham hancock joe rogan made me think of my one i'm gonna pick right here you can't even spell with the sphinx oh never mind that's on my list too i'm picking the sphinx i think that's cool it's another thing as you said shrouded in mystery it looks like they Dude, it looks what, like they edited it. Okay, or like so went that back and redid it. Yeah, that it. when they were talking about that, that was pretty cool. Now one part is so much more aged than the other part. Yeah, the, so the head that's supposedly a, or not supposedly it's a pharaoh now. They they think it was like a lion back in the day or back one day or like a giant or literally like a giant cat, like Anubis, wild type stuff. Yeah, yeah it's just cool. It's. That was on Around my list. the same time as the pyramids. And pyramids are cool, don't get me wrong, but it's more like an artistic thing. Yeah, that the pyramids were a structure that have a lot of it's secrets like it's in massive. it. This thing is like, what does that mean? Right, like, or when, what was it before? Like, it just has a whole different level of mystery behind it. I get it. That's a good one. Yeah, so Sphinx, my number one. 
And then my number two, this is another tough one. Uh, a lot to choose from, a lot to think about. Yeah, a lot of this is like, it's it's not all going to be like history based because like in the past 30 years, we haven't done. I think I'm going to pick this number two because there's one I really want to pick, but I think I can get it later. I hope mm-hmm. it's, I'm not fucked. But my number two is going to be the Coliseum. Ooh, that's a good, good pick. I have that on my list as well. Still standing. You can still go visit it today. Uh, in a society right now that's built so much on like sports as in the culture, it's crazy to think that one of the other great empires in the past kind of had the same thing. It makes you think more that it's a human thing. Yeah, it's like we love the UFC, right? That was their UFC. Their UFC. That was the, any of their sports. Right. That was their football. That was where, you know, they competed all of their things. That's that's a good pick. I like the Coliseum. Yeah, so Coliseum, my number two. What's your number two? Oh, man. This is hard. I think for my number two, I'm going to go with something that doesn't exist anymore. Um, that's going to be the Library of Alexandria. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to pick, but not a bad pick. No, it's it's another one of those things that's, you know, shrouded in mystery. I didn't have that on my list, but it, it is a good pick because it's that it's the they burned it, didn't they? Right. It's, they, it's like we had no idea what they had. Right. They And it, one of those other things, I, I guess for me, like when I think of a top five landmark, if it's a man-made or a supposed man-made situation and then it's also got mystery around it. It really kind of like doubles down on the significance of the landmark is because, number one, you couldn't get all the stuff out of the Library of Alexandria or, or much based on what history tells us. And on top of all that, there's like, like you just said, what did they have? You know, there's countless things that were that lost. It probably has a lot of the answers that Graham Hancock and them uh, want. The maps and, yeah. you know, everything that hypothesize about right. like what they're talking about. All those types of things. It's not a bad pick. Man, my third pick, this is hard. This is hard. I think... Uh, I think I got to go with the Parthenon. It's not a bad pick. Another historic monument. This one's shrouded in way less mystery. Just a, you know, a temple to the gods. You know, just... But it's a beautiful place. You can tell... When you look at pictures of it, I've never been. What another place I'd I'd really like to go, but you can tell when looking at pictures of it, the craftsmanship behind it. Just we we don't do things like that anymore, and we don't build things to last like that. Right, like it. Outside of like a war happening, or like a siege from back back in those times, that would still be standing. We don't build things out of stone like that. No, we just use we make. You know, hodgepodge materials, concrete and stuff to, you know, support, which is fine. Like, that's industrial industrial age, all good, but it's not the same. So I picked the Parthenon. It's not a bad pick. What's that mythical number three? My number three is going to be Petra. The state, Petra. The city in Jordan that's literally like they build it out of the stone. Nobody right. knows how they carved, carved into the stone. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, it's Indiana Jones it was in. It's one of those things a lot of people have seen, and they've seen that famous, uh, there's like one famous building in the entrance right. into the stone, and they don't know what it is, but it's such a cool thing, and it's something we don't really know a lot about, like how exactly they did it. 
Yeah, it's another one of those like and shrouded it's a and mystery very things. ancient culture. Um, just a cool, cool thing. Cool visually because it's it's a little man made mixed with with uh, natural wonder. Yeah, because the rocks are so. It's in. It's not. It's not carved. You know, it's not an object that's carved out of stone. It's carved into the stone, and it's accessible. So it's, you know, it's even more in depth. I get it. So now my number four. I. This is hard. This is getting pretty hard. I don't want to leave anything off. But you only get five picks. I only get five picks. So you're leaving approximately like 300 things off. So my number four is going to be the Acropolis in Athens. Birthplace of democracy. Hmm. A lot of free thought. Like the birthplace of like kind of free think. Yeah. Um, The birth of idea. Part of it's still standing. Enough of it's still standing where you can kind of get an idea of what it was. Which I think is cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of mystery in it, but there's also a lot of like, no, it's actually still there too. Um, it's in a beautiful country, beautiful place. The Acropolis, my number four. I like that. I like the Acropolis. I, th- I feel like I know where one of these like overseas vacations just kind of generally needs to be directed at one day, uh, based on both of these lists. Uh, my number four, honestly, this one's. It's definitely still got some mystery behind it, but it's not as mysterious as my other, you know, picks on the list. I'm going with Stonehenge. Ooh, I had that one. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people have seen Stonehenge, but it's a straight-up guess as to what it really... Yeah, we don't know what they meant. Right, like, yeah, it's a circle of stones that we don't know why they were moved, because... Apparently, they can tell that they were moved a long distance and that they were stacked in a way that, you know, they're, they're specific. But we don't know why. You know, is it, a, is it an alien thing? Is it a burial thing? Is it a religious thing? No telling. It's got some mystery behind it, but it's not like the most ornate design structure. It looks like very rudimentary. I mean, it's a circle of standing stones with a couple stones standing on, laying on across the top. It's not crazy, but it looks, and you can tell there's something different about it. Like, we, me and you couldn't go out there and just put that together. So, Stonehenge. And I guess that leaves me for my number five, or for the number five, first number five. I'm going to go with the Great Wall of China. I had that one on my list. Um, honestly, one of the, it's, in my opinion, the biggest or the best m- proven man-made marvel that exists because we can't we don't know how the period we we just know that we well, I mean, we know we made them right we know we made the great wall of china we don't know at what point the pyramids just came about that's all kind of up <laughs> we in the know air. it's man-made maybe they still can't prove how we know it was sphinx made is man-made it was know. carved the sphinx was carved petra's man-made carved Again, carved. The Great Wall of China is just a wall that was built. That's what Trump was trying to do to the U.S. China did it hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah, but that goes back. Trump wasn't building the big stone wall. He's building the little 
bullshit probably electric fence. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. A chain dogs. link. A chain link separating USA and Mexico. Like that's some bullshit. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's a modern marvel to like what we can prove in man made time. And it's it's crazy lengthy. Like it would take a very long long time to walk it. There's patrols. Like you can't fuck with it still. There's tours that you can take. There's a slide on it. That would be sick. I would take a slide down. You can take a slide down. I would water slide through the length of the Grand uh, the I don't Great think Wall. There's water involved, but no, you're right. What's your fifth pick? My fifth pick, I, I it actually came to my mind when you talked about uh, the the library in uh, Alexandria. What is it? The Lighthouse of Alexandria? It's close. Kind of close. It's <laughs> Colossus of it's Rhodes. It's not close at all. Colossus of Rhodes. Oh, that's a good one. That giant, was, that's on my list. It's one of the gods' statues. Is a giant, probably the, I mean, biggest, like, humanoid statue I've ever seen. I know we we haven't seen it, but, like, no, like pictures. Pictures. I don't know why, but <laughs> when, you, when you said the giant humanoid statue, all I could think about was Achilles. Wanting to bury himself with Patrickles, <laughs> yeah, that weird relationship. Same people, kind of. Uh, yeah, but Colossus, I think it's cool. I wish that was around today. In Civilization, the video game, I always build it as a natural one or a world wonder. I think it's cool. I wish it was around today. Mystery, like how they do that back then. No, that's a solid top five. I uh, I like I like that Colossus of, Colossus of Rhodes is the last pick. Honestly, we. I don't think there's a bad pick in any of these top fives. Yeah, we went real ancient. Yeah, I Did like you it. Have, what do you, give me like a couple of honorable mentions you had. Statue of Liberty. I had that one on my list. Uh, Christ the Redeemer. Christ the Redeemer. In Brazil. I had Mount the Western, Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. I had the Western Wall in uh, Jerusalem. The Lighthouse of Alexandria. Lighthouse of I didn't want to have both Alexandria Taj things. Mahal. Grand Canyon. Arc de Triomphe. Niagara Falls. If you're gonna have Ark, you gotta have the uh, Mount Saint Michel. Mount Saint Michel, and you also have to have uh, Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower, Easter Island. I put the Death Star on the very bottom in the corner because the Death Star. It's not real. You know how I like to do fictional landmarks, Machu or like not Pichu. fictional landmarks, but when I always try to bring in like fictional stuff into my tops. When once I'm actually made the list, I was like, ah, I can't, I can't in good faith put anything not put the like, death star over the pyramid <laughs> right like nah <laughs> number one one death star let's go um yeah no niagara falls grand canyon there were some good ones colossus great of Rhodes was on our list what great barrier reef yeah great barrier reef I, I was on there um antarctica as a whole it's not I mean, a landmark a it's not a landmark but it's it's, I don't know, I just can't stop. It's just stop. a piece of land that's cold. Yeah, but there's stuff, there's stuff there we don't know about. Are you one of the flat earthers? No. Not thinking there's dinosaurs living in Antarctica. It's a giant ice wall? <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, we haven't flown over this? What the hell? Um, yeah, so that, I think that pretty much wraps up our top five. And a few honorable mentions. Makes it fun. Don't forget to vote on who you think has the best Top five landmarks. Christian, you want to run down your top five real quick, and then I'll run down mine? Yeah, I had number one, Sphinx, two, Colosseum, three, Petra, four, Acropolis, five, Colossus of Rhodes. And mine were the Pyramids of Giza, the Library of Alexandria, the Parthenon, Stonehenge, and the Great Wall of China. (laughs) 
right, let's kick off our little preview for NCAA Week 10. We're going to start off with Kansas State Wildcats versus the Texas Longhorns. At Texas. At Texas. Big game in the Big 12. Well, you know who I'm picking based on what I'm wearing. There's a four-team tie with one loss in the Big 12. Uh, I think they're all 4-1, and 5-1 and one in Big 12 play. The Big 12 is an open conference, so the top two teams go to the championship game to play each other. So, like, this is a huge game to determine who's going to get there in the end of the season. Kansas State comes in. They're hot. They're 6-2. and 6-2. and two. It's a solid 25. program. They're a disciplined program. They're taking on Texas. Texas definitely has more talent. Texas ranks 7. Texas ranks 7. This is a big game for Texas. They're not going to have uh, Quinn Ewers starting quarterback. Yeah, Malik Murphy's going to have to come out, and that's one of the reasons. He played well last game, though. They played pretty well overall. Yeah, I looked at, uh, I don't know how many starts he's had this season. That was his first start. Oh, I looked at last week's game. Didn't have terrible stats, but I think that may be something that Kansas State, the Wildcats. He doesn't have to go of... off, though, because their team's more talented than Texas. So it is. Just don't do too much. It is, absolutely. Maybe get hurt so Arch can come in. Just joking. I don't <laughs> want him hurt, but. Yeah, no, I kind of get what you're saying. Um, Kansas State has the 13th ranked running game in college football. They're putting it down. I think that mixed with Quinn Ewers not being in is what's going to be the key to victory for Kansas State. I think Texas wins the game. I think it's going to be a close game, back and forth. Uh, Texas is really going to have to put some drives together, play well, be clutch to win the game. Texas is favored by four with an over under 51 and a half. I think Texas gets it done probably by a three-point win. Mm. I think Kansas State, I'm wearing the Kansas State sweater right now. Got to rep them. They're my fan of the week this week or i'm their fan of the week this week so i'm gonna be watching that game rooting kansas state the whole way through all right so the next game we're covering is the first of three sec games we're going to cover two sec west games we're going to cover it's the old miss rebels ranked number 10 i believe 11, 11. taking on texas a&m non-ranked as an lsu fan we need old miss to lose one more game especially if lsu beats alabama then we're in the driver's seat for the sec west but I think Ole Miss comes in and gets it done. Ole Miss, they're an explosive offense. They're a good team. They're taking on the A&M team who they're not explosive. They're, they're a team that's going to hang around. They if, could. You're, if you're good, they're going to they're gonna hang around they're with gonna you. They're going to play up. If you're not that great, they're going to play down at your level too. Right. Um, they lost when face, the Aggies have lost when facing every ranked opponent this year. Two uh, kind of character coaches in Jimbo Fisher versus Lane Kiffin. Right. Um, I think, especially the fact that it's going to be in Oxford, Mississippi, I think Ole Miss, this is the best team Lane Kiffin's had since he's been there. I think Ole Miss gets it done. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I actually, I think, I agree. I think Ole Miss is going to disrupt Max Johnson, and I think they're going to use... Max Johnson, former LSU quarterback. I think they're going to use... And son of Brad Johnson, Super Bowl winning quarterback. For whom? The Buccaneers in like 0-2. Oh, cool. Um, I think they're going to threaten Max Johnson. I think they're going to disrupt him, and I think Ole Miss is going to win. So it looks like we agree on that one. 
Uh, the next one, another SEC game. Is that the Missouri Tigers versus the Bulldogs? Exactly. Oh. This is an SEC East game, but it has the same implications on the line where the winner of this is in the driver's seat to go to the SEC title game. Man, Missouri's coming in ranked 14, 7-1. Only lost to LSU. Pretty crazy. And then the Georgia Bulldogs are Two-time perfect. defending champ, Eight undefeated. Uh, Brock Bowers just had surgery, so he's out. He, he can... might come back into the season, but he's out for this game. Bank on that. Um, shouldn't stop the Bulldogs from scoring. They've Honestly, been getting better and better. The Tigers, they're good, but they're not at this Georgia level. had a slow start to the season in that they weren't losing games, but they weren't really... They weren't dominating They were kind of just walking games. through, sleepwalking through games. Right. They seem to have turned it on recently. They beat the shit out of Florida last now, week. I will say this. In the last six games, Georgia is 1-5 against the spread. What's the spread for this? 15 and a half. Yeah, I think Georgia wins. But by like 13 or 10. No, I'm going to say by 17. I'm going to say like 35-17 Georgia. Damn. So they're not going to be able to get it going on offense at all for the Tigers, you think? Yeah, I think think Georgia's run it is. I don't think Georgia's going to lose here. I I don't, you know, Georgia's going to go 9-0, I I believe. But I just, I wonder by how much. Are they going to win by? So, I want to look. I want to. I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I definitely want to pay attention to what's going on with that game. All right, next game we're going to cover is a huge game in the Pac-12 uh, championship race to try to get to the Pac-12 title game. Washington, the Huskies taking on the USC Trojans. Washington still undefeated. What are they ranked? Number four or five? Five. Taking on USC, who. Looked like they were on their way to lose three straight games. They came back right at the end to beat Cal. With like 149. Yeah, like a hundred point game. It's crazy. Uh, so USC, I mean, they're deep. They have no. They have a good offense. Obviously, we know about Caleb Williams. They have a bunch of good receivers, but they, they have a trash defense. They have apparently. a horrible defense that lets up a lot of points. What do you do if you're Caleb Williams on this team? Like, I mean, you're just playing and. Like everybody NFL, knows you're that good, dollars. so like you're just you're no matter what happens, you're he's draft good. Stock, but I I don't think I think it's a little overblown saying he's the best quarterback I don't think prospect he's, ever. I don't think he's like NFL Patrick Mahomes good, but I think he's gonna walk in and be a good starting quarterback for the NFL. We'll see because he's you know he's had some. But what do you do when, like, what if he's drafted to the Panthers? He's gonna walk into his NFL the Panthers career. Panthers had the number one pick last year and drafted a quarterback. I don't think he's going to the Panthers. I, I know, but. Think about well, he's going to go to a bad team, right? Think about that. The Bears probably. The last time a good, I don't let me not say the last time. The last time I cared about a quarterback going to a bad team, it was Joe Burrow, and they got lucky with doing the shit to their O line in the year he was out because well, I mean, he got fucking destroyed would, by them. I would disagree on that because then you have like Tua. He was top five pick. Look how he's turned out. He's good. He got uh, he got uh, hurt for the majority of last season. Yeah, but right now they're one of the best right, teams but in the because NFL he got a hit, candidate. Because his, well, I, I, we have to have a little bit of a different argument for Tua because he's left-handed. So they're not I mean, used Joe to— I mean, Joe missed the whole season. Right, that's, that was my, that's my argument is they couldn't cover him. They did that to help him because of that. So I don't know what happens with Caleb Williams in the NFL. I'm excited to see it. I have, <laughs> I have him losing this game, though. I, I do, too. Washington <laughs> I think, I think Washington is going to win as well. Over uh, under of 76 and a half. Yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game. There's Washington's going to score a shit ton on USC. USC's going to have to score a shit ton on Washington to even keep it close. I feel like me and you could score a shit ton on USC. 
right now, if I was controlling a Madden team versus USC's defense, it'd be like playing me in Madden. Exactly. 42 to 7 or some stupid shit. Look, Caleb Williams is great. USC de- USC's defense is trash. They let up 33 points per game, which in all honesty, I think that's the sole reason they've lost. Like not being able to stop Notre Dame from scoring. Who else did they lose to? Right after that, I don't remember. But not being able to not being able to stop either team from scoring. Utah? No. No. I'm gonna remember as soon as we stop <laughs> yeah, recording. Me too. But anyway, not being able to, to a Pac twelve team. Not being able to stop them from scoring points. Like they're losing I mean, they, games. They lose Colorado. They're losing Colorado games almost 39 to 37. Like stupid shit. They let Colorado score like 44 on them. Right. I think Washington is going to win here. I think you have two of the best college quarterbacks in the nation going at it to this weekend. Big Penix energy. What does that mean? The quarterback. Oh, for Washington, who's one of the Heisman favorites. Behind the game of the week's quarterback, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is crazy. I mean, he has by far the best stats in college football right now. Well, I guess, look, that's your my pick is Washington. Your pick's Washington? Yeah. So jumping right into the last game of the week. Game the, of the week. The showdown. Usually one of the games of the seasons every season. Well, this is... And this is a huge game right here. They plan this game this point in the season so both teams would be coming off of their bye. That's how it's always been. Really? Well, the past... Since... The That's past, pretty like, sick. 15 years, yeah. Hey, listen. Listen, uh, whoever and Nick Saban... Whoever's the coach of the LSU Tigers right now and Nick Saban. Brian Kelly? No, no. I'm saying like they're doing this over over the course of years. Y'all got to play after the bye, so you got to be ready. This is the well, game, game of the year. Typically decides the SEC West. That's pretty crazy. Who decides goes to the SEC championship game this year. LSU is ranked 13th. Alabama's 12th. LSU eighth, finally hitting their, their stride. Jaden Daniels is the number one quarterback leading the number one offense in the nation based on yards per game and points scored per game. They have two of the best receivers game. in the nation. This is going to be an exciting one. But they, they have a Alabama dog shit a good defense. defense. Their defense has been playing a lot better. It has been playing better, but it has been bad all year. It was bad beginning of the season. It's average now. This is going to be a good game, though. Them versus Bama. Bama has a great defense. Their offense has some explosive plays, but that's not great. So it's kind of a... Average offense with a great defense taking on the best offense in the nation with an in a sub average defense. to below average defense. defense. Yeah, so, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Right, I think Jaden Daniels can do the the touchdown. You know, magic the touchdown. I math. think Jaden Daniels can score forty five points in Alabama. It's it's if they can LSU's LSU defense stop. Right. We don't even need to do it the whole game. We need a couple turnovers, really. Yeah, you need uh, the crucial first half stop where it's like two minutes left in the second quarter. Just get a pick. Get a pick or just force a field goal. You know, like minimize the damage. college, the kicker misses it. And it's like, boom. Oh, we're back in it. Pretty much turnover. Or boom, boom. We have a chance to score. Because college games score all the time with 40 seconds left in the half. It's ridiculous. How many times I've seen this this season? I'm banking on LSU's defense to step up. Obviously, I'm a fan. I'm never going to pick against them. I think it's going to be like a 45-41. I don't know how. I think LSU gets it done in Tuscaloosa. I agree. I think LSU wins. I think Jaden Daniels leading that offense to over 500 yards a game so far this season is going to be the key because 
regardless of the team Alabama has played, good or bad, they haven't even been able to produce 300 yards of offense per game on average. So I think LSU is going to get the victory, kind of just go over the top and, you know, as you said, decide the SEC West here. So those are our five college games. Let's move on to the pro games we're going to cover this week. And the first one is the first game. Well, I guess it's not the Thursday night game. First game on Sunday. It's in Frankfurt, Germany. In Deutschland. And they don't always put those. These international games aren't always like marquee matchups. These are two of the best teams in the NFL playing in, in Germany. And the, it, it's coming at the best time because this is a, I would argue it's a must win game for the Chiefs. Um, it's not a must win. It's a must win if you want to if you want to be poised to get a great. It's not spot a must win. The, the Chiefs dra- not in the draft in, the, in play- the playoffs. The Chiefs are a team. If they're in the playoffs, they they're fine. It's not a must win for the. This Chiefs. is a different. We've seen a different performance from the Chiefs through and through this season. It's early. Eight weeks into the season, it's not early, they're sir. They're six and two. What are you talking about? They've lost twice. They lost to the Broncos last week. The, it's the NFL. Six and two. That's great. Right. They're fine. All right. You'll see. No, I think you'll see. This is what they do every year. We'll see. But yeah, Chiefs, Dolphins, Dolphins six and two. I think it's going to be a high powered game. Dick, just because they're finally six and two. I don't think they're that good either. I think they're pretty good, but they're they haven't proven anything. I don't think they're winning gonna... in the regular season and winning Super Bowls is totally different. Right. That left. I honestly still think him being left-handed is a big problem. I think it's going to be a close game. I think there's a very good chance the Dolphins win, but I think it's a hot uh, hit the over kind of game. I'm picking the Chiefs. 50 and a half. That, I mean, you're asking Travis Kelsey's not going to have a good game. Taylor Swift's not going to be in Germany. Why? She doesn't just coincidentally have a concert that day. She got her own shit going. Oh, okay. The heiress. Bu- she's busier than him. She's probably. a billionaire. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. That's an extra three zeros. It's crazy. No, I think it is going to be a close game. Uh, Chiefs lost to the Broncos. Admittedly, they did lose in a snowstorm, so that's... He had a flu. Uh, Mahomes had the flu, too. Yeah. I like how they... Uh, they threw it in before the game. They did throw it in before the game, but it's like, ah, uh, we have an excuse. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, well, he's probably sick. They're yeah, probably, maybe. Listen, we're probably going to lose. Jordan didn't lose barely. when he had the flu, just saying. Um, he didn't even have the flu. Are the Dolphins going to use Waddle? To their advantage in Germany, are they going to get the touchdowns from Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I don't think going to Germany. Well, a lot of people speed. when they go overseas because it's so uncommon in the NFL. A lot of you just get weird scoring games or they're. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game, but I think the Chiefs. It's gonna be a loose. I think it's gonna be a looser a game than typical, but I think the Chiefs are gonna win. I agree. Chiefs figure out a way. Next game: Baltimore Ravens, Seattle Seahawks. Two teams that are doing pretty well this year. Man, I cannot get behind the Seahawks. I can't. I think it's just because of Geno Smith. It is. I don't care. Dude, the Ravens, nobody's talking about them. And right now, they're looking. This is the best. uh, Yeah, dude, they beat the shit out of the Lions two weeks ago. Lamar Jackson has looked, I think. Yeah, he's He's accurate. very comfortable in the pocket. Very accurate. Uh, They didn't really even need Lamar Jackson against the Cardinals last week. They had Gus Edwards score three touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. With, like, I think he did, like, he had like 81 yards. Yeah, he I was going to say like not even 90 rushing yards with three touchdowns. So it just it was a very poor game by the Cardinals. One Seattle's thing to take a good. note is Seattle going to Baltimore. A lot of times the West Coast teams don't play great on the East Coast. 
That's a long trip for them. They're playing early too, so it's like 9 a.m. local time for them. Uh, so it just kind of screws with just the throws you everything. Makes off. you a little tired. I'm taking Baltimore in this. I think Lamar Jackson is playing great this year. I think it benefits the Ravens that they're not the team everybody's talking about right now. Right. They're the the they're not having a shoulder. Which I don't know hype. how. Because usually they're one of the teams everybody talks about, but they're winning now and nobody's talking about them. I think it's because they're they're just they're not making splashes. They're just going out there. I mean, they they did beat the shit. Well, out the of team the everybody's Lions. talking about now is the Bills, and they're kind of doing what the Ravens usually do. Yeah, where they're supposed to be really really good, and they're, they're kind of shitting the bed left and right. Yeah, but they're also winning games. Um, Geno Smith has been just good enough to secure victories with the Seahawks. He's not been playing. Bad football by any standpoint, but, but he's just last, been like, since he's managing. Been in Seattle, he's been playing pretty good football. Oh yeah, way better than any other point in his career. But this season, he's been more of a game manager than that. You know, pro pro athlete we saw last year. Pro athlete. <laughs> I'm just talking. <laughs> They're shit. all pro athletes. What um, are we talking about? Don't the, disrespect the man. <laughs> I'm not gonna respect the man. Seattle has not the best run game, so I think the Ravens are gonna win here. Honestly. Yeah, Jumping I'm t- in. I'm taking uh, Baltimore, too, if I didn't say that already. Yeah, you did. Oh, at least I think you did. And let's go to the game that we both were confused about. I thought I fucked up the game. Turns out you fucked up what game we were talking about. Well, I, don't, I still don't know what game we're talking LA about. The L.A. Rams oh. taking on the Green Bay Packers. I think the Rams come in three and four, Packers two and five. I don't, even um, have to, I don't know why I'm flipping my page. I don't have that written down. Packers, they all wanted Jordan Love to be the next Aaron Rodgers after they had Brett Favre for so long, they have Aaron Rodgers for so long, they thought Jordan Love next in line. They thought they're not looking like it. They just thought that, like, oh, if we just Packers group, quarterback, is he's going to be the quarterback for at least 10 years. Right. Yeah, they, they fucked that up. And it doesn't look like it. Packers seem to be a dumpster fire. With the, the Rams, Rams not great. far behind. I wouldn't say the Rams are close to a dumpster fire. They're just kind of average team. Three and four. They could beat any team in the NFL. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't surprise they lose any game. Right. It's just, it's weird what they've been doing. You have Cooper Cup, who's had a rough season so far. You know, he, he got hurt early on. He hadn't had the chance to bounce back a whole bunch yet. They had the young receiver stepping up. With the emergence of Puka Nakua, that's been great for him. And, you know, I just, I think it's a thing with like, they just, they don't have that rhythm that they need going into all these games. Well, I think they'll have it this week, though. I think the Rams go into Green Bay and win. I don't trust Green Bay. I don't trust Jordan Love at all. I, I don't think even Matt LaFleur might not even be a great coach. Maybe it was Aaron Rodgers. I agree. I think um, I think the Rams are going to win this week. I think, like I said, I think the Packers are a complete dumpster fire. And I'm happy I live this far away from them at the moment. All right, so the next two, the last two NFL games we're going to cover are two huge games. Big um, implications. Big implications. Two. One is a bona fide rivalry. One's kind of becoming a little bit of a rivalry just because they're both been good for a couple years. First one is going to be the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles. Divisional matchup. Divisional matchup. Traditional rivalry. Eagles look like one of the best teams in the NFL. Cowboys look like kind of like the Rams, except they're a little better than the Rams. They beat the shit out of the Rams. Cowboys are crazy. But they're a team that could literally beat and compete with anybody, but, but also get. They can go in and fuck the bed. Or yeah, shit, shit the bed. bed. Fuck they the could bed go in, and they, shit the bed. They could go in and lose 42 to nothing, but go in and win 40. They, they, they have won 42 to nothing and lost damn near 42 to nothing this season. Yeah, the season. 49ers blew them out. 
and the they Cardinals blew out the blew Giants. Out. They blew out the Giants. They beat the shit out of other teams. It's weird. Cowboys are all over the place. I fully expect this to be a, a weird, low-scoring game. It's definitely going to be a low-scoring game. I think Philly is one of those teams that kind of dictate. When they play teams, we're, you got to play like they play. Right. They're going to muck it up. They're going to try to beat you like... They're going to beat you nasty if they're going to beat you. They're going to be nasty to you. Right. I do like Jalen Hurts. I like Jason Kelsey. I like the way the Eagles play. Uh, A.J. Brown has been going off. First receiver ever it's either five or six games in a row with 125 plus receiving yards that's cool he's been going off it's in philly i think these are the kind of games the dallas cowboys lose this yeah this is their mo they this lose is a games big like time this. game everybody's gonna be watching the cowboys are gonna come shit the bed i got the eagles winning i got jalen hurts going off i definitely i i agree with you that this is the type of game that the dallas cowboys lose they are one of the best defenses in the NFL right now this season. And that's kind of like, that's kind of the, the MO they usually get, right? They, they're spouted as being one of the best defenses in the NFL. This year, they've been just defense. Last week, they were a, a good offensive team. But Dak has just been allowed to be a game manager all season, which is, which is fine. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but if Dallas wakes up, it's going to be trouble for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I think Dallas is going to win this game. I think it's going to surprise everybody in a low-scoring game. Ooh, good luck with that one, banking on the Cowboys. I know. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to. And the last one, last football game, we got a rematch to the canceled game from last season. I think it's my two favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, too. Well, one's definitely my favorite. The other one might be my second favorite. We got the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals coming in. They're playing at home. They got the three-point home field advantage over under 48 and a half. Looks like the Bengals are finally turning on. Joe Burrow finally looks healthy. I know that the 49ers have lost three games in a row now, but going into San Francisco... And winning that game, the Bengals looked good. They needed that too. They need they needed that. Both teams needed that. That's why it's such an impressive win. Right. Uh Buffalo, you know, they rebounded well with a win over Tampa Bay after losing the last time out. Honestly, this is a good matchup. I think we're gonna be seeing a different game than the Hamlin game from last year. Well, I mean the Hamlin game was like a quarter. Right. Not but even. What we saw in the beginning of that game was Joe Burrow just marching down the field. They were on their way to score a second time, and the game went over. This, I think we're going to see a little bit of a more level playing field. I think the Bengals and the Bills are a little bit closer of a matchup in the team with the struggles the Bengals have faced so far. I still pick the Bengals, but I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring game. I think it's going to be a little bit slower paced, kind of a, a feel each other out type of situation. Yeah, I think the Bengals win, too. Uh, I really like the Bills as well, but Bengals, Joe Burrow's my guy. I think they're finding their stride. Something with the Bills to just kind of, like, they've been, like, slow. I don't know. They they, they just haven't looked nearly as I mean, some good. games, they, when they play the Dolphins, they look like the best team in the NFL. And right. They look disinterested some games. I think the Bengals are turning They're figuring it out. I think they're about to go on, like, a nice little run. Hopefully they're not peaking too early. Yeah, but I right. think they're, like, on their way to peak right now. I got the Bengals. All right, and now we have stakes and takes, the betting segment where we give you 
our best betting news for this week's games. And picks. And picks. That would be the take part. Uh, last week, how'd you do, Christian? Last week, I had a, a pretty good week. Picks, I went seven and three as it was all just football. Woo! Four and one college, three and two in the NFL. I like it. I went uh, uh, four and one college as well. I got the Sooners wrong. Yeah, I think we had the same college picks. We did. Because I also had the Sooners wrong. I did two and three in the NFL. Uh, I got the Colts wrong, the Chiefs wrong. They lost to the Broncos, so they shit the bed bad there. And then the, yeah. uh, the 49ers lost to the Bengals, but I'm not mad about that one at all. Um, I had the, the Chiefs as well, so that's an L for me. I had the Steelers beating the Jags. That's an L. I did have the Saints beating the Colts, which I'm happy about that one because they beat your favorite team. Yeah, that, that never feels good. But it was, like we said last week, it was the split decision bowl, and you took the first crown. I so. mean, it decided the whole our whole weeks of picks. It really did. You went 6-4, and four, I went 7-3. and three. It really, really did. And uh, in, in stakes, I went 3-2. and two. I won 3, lost 2. I got the Louisville money line. It was a plus. Jaguars money line. And Bengals plus five and a half. Should have gone the money line there like you did. Oh, well. I uh, lost Wake Forest plus 20 and a half. I really thought their defense was going to do enough to, to cover that. No, they blew that in they the first quarter. They that up. And uh, the Rams did not cover six and a half. They barely were able to make the score look pretty by the end of the game. But they they got absolutely dog walked by the Cowboys like 42 to 6 or something crazy it was it was not pretty um how about for stakes what'd you do I did four and one in bets this week so pretty good my only loss was the Steelers money line they lost to the Jaguars as I said uh that was one of my picks I was wrong I got Oregon money Oregon Ducks money line right at least you didn't do the thing where you uh you picked one thing and then bet the other and then get both wrong right you got like the opposite wrong like the one that didn't matter you got wrong uh, so I had Oregon Ducks money line, Louisville Cardinals money line, Cincinnati Bengals money line, New Orleans Saints money line, all four of those ones. So four and one, I will take that. Yeah, absolutely. I needed that one. So for the standings for season zero of stakes and takes, uh, brings me for my takes to 101, 57 and two slight advantage over Christian of 97, 61 and one. And for the stakes, Still pretty close to even, 41-33-2 for myself. And Christian, you're at 42-33-1. And, and then AI get, getting a very strong 53-24-2 so far. Very, very powerful performance from AI and you last week. I need to do some work on myself. So this week, my stakes are going to be for the UFC Armin Petrosian money line. You got any UFC bets? I have two UFC bets. I have one that's actually my first parlay is one bet. I have both Bonfim brothers. They're both sizable favorites. Ismael so and Gabriel Bonfim. So money I have a line parlay parlays. As one bet as both of them winning money line. I like it. Cool. And then my second UFC bet is going to be the under on Almeida versus Lewis, the main event. Ooh, so you don't have to pick a favorite. You just get to. Would you, is, do you know is it out yet? Is it two and a half? As of now, it's not out yet. Okay. Either the round or the odds. Right. I, I imagine that would be, so it's a five-round fight. That would probably, probably be an under three and a half or under two and a half. No, because it's two guys that finish guys, I think it'll be two under and two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. All right. So uh, college, I I picked Kansas State money line plus 165. 
and LSU money line plus 135 is my two college bets. I have one college bet and I'm breaking my own rule. Every time I say it, I don't know why I do it, but I'm taking LSU money line, my favorite team. Well, look, last week you broke your own rule and the Saints won, so maybe you can strike true. twice. That is true. Okay, so just the one and I also LSU. picked against my other big mon- uh, rule, which I picked against the Muslim Russian fighter this week. You picked against Abbas. Yes. Right. I didn't. I tried, I'm trying to take one out of your notebook for that fight here. Oh, if you win this, if you win that particular I'm fight, if never, Abbas wins, I'm never not doing it. Right, that, that just solid. Maybe six years down the line, I may once the, like, kind of, it comes full circle, but not until then. Uh, NFL, I got Kansas City money line, and then I'm taking the Bengals money line. I have two NFL bets as well. I have the Ravens money line, and then I have the Eagles money line. All right. So that'll give us all five stakes for this week. Fade us if you hate us. I'm not concerned with it because I know my five picks are going 5-0 and this week. You know that's not happening. I haven't gone 5-0 and yet. Neither one of us is going 5-0 and this week. I'm hoping just for a winning record. I'll be happy with a winning record. Well, your confidence Please, betting gods. is in the toilet. I'm cool with either. No matter what happens, I'm having fun. So I think that about wraps up uh, episode 20 here, Split Decision. Check us out next week. We're going to review UFC Sao Paulo. We'll take a look ahead to UFC 295, which is a big fan favorite fight. Oh, it is. With Yuri Prohachkov, Alex Perea. That's the main event, the new main event. And then we'll also take a look, of course, uh, at NFL and college football games. Did you know some cats are actually allergic to humans? Oh,